Hey there, welcome to episode 36 of the Authors Read podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Jody Jackson, and she'll read from her book, You Are What You Read. Introduction We're all familiar with the saying, You Are What You Eat. It's a simple but effective summary that's made us increasingly aware of the impact that food has on our physical health. We have learned that the consequences of excessive consumption of junk food include obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. As a result of this acquired knowledge, we're equipped to move from being consumers to becoming conscious consumers. We're able to reason past our immediate desire to satisfy cravings in the short term and reduce junk food from our diet, while at the same time include foods such as fruit, vegetables, and whole grain in our diet, which will lead to long-term benefits. Well, food is to the body what information is to the mind. The information that we imbibe will turn into emotions, thoughts, actions, and behaviors. The consequences are less visible, but just as potent. The news is one of the most powerful and most negative streams of information we inescapably consume. Watching the news affects our mood, our beliefs, our understanding of the world, our relationship to other people, and our politics. But its impact remains largely unquestioned by the consumers who are affected by its content. It's time we turn the investigative lens on the news industry to expose the effects of this negativity bias in the news on our mental health and on the health of our democracy and society. This book investigates what steps you can take to help you navigate your way through the news to be able to take greater control of your mind, worldview, and psychological well-being. But the real power lies not in asking how we can change, but by asking why we should change. This is at the heart of behavioral change. Those who know the why of anything will always find the how. So let us begin by briefly looking at why we should be more critical of the way we consume the news and why we should perhaps be more proactive in our use of it. We all imagine that we create our own beliefs and opinions about what we read in the news. In reality, many of these beliefs and opinions are created for us, depending on where we've learned about the issue being reported. We all have a paper we enjoy reading, a program we enjoy watching, but more to the point, who has the time to cross-reference each news story to gain a different perspective and analyse all the information to be able to draw our own conclusion? In our fast-paced daily lives, this kind of news consumption fits in well. We like to know what's going on in the world so we're not caught off guard for being ignorant. And one source is more than enough at any given time for most people to feel that they have a sense of what's going on. With this in mind, I'd like to ask you, when was the last time you went on a personal journey to find out more about a story you were introduced to in the news? Have you spared any additional effort to understand the -the behind-the-scenes mechanics of a story? Have you ever been curious about a story you heard five months ago and followed up on its progress or demise? These questions are not designed to shame you into racking up hours on Google. Instead, I want to highlight how much of the information we retain has been fed to us rather than researched and concluded ourselves. I use the word fed because of the somewhat inescapable nature of the news. 
Its presence is so well established that it's become a natural part of our democratic lives. It's a sizable force that in theory helps society work together by informing citizens on national and international affairs, thus enabling people to act on this information. Its most prestigious purpose is holding power to account to ensure that corruption, exploitation and abuses of power are kept at bay. It's so well stitched into the fabric of our society that we can find ourselves to varying degrees, forming opinions without really knowing why we think what we think. This is because the news is an invisible but powerful influence on our thoughts, telling us not only what to think about by deciding what's reported, but also how to think about it through news frames and organizational bias. Because we habitually mimic the views of the news we watch or read, these stories shape our knowledge, beliefs, and opinions. To better understand the effects of the news, let us first look at how the media decides what news to share with us. This decision is down to the editor, as there are thousands of events happening daily, of which only a select few are considered newsworthy. It may not surprise you to know that most stories considered newsworthy focus on war, corruption, scandal, murder, famine and natural disasters. As they say in the industry, if it bleeds, it leads. As this limited, albeit important, selection of stories fills our papers, televisions and social media, it also fills our vision for the world and its state of affairs. We're served a narrow view of the world that's enlarged to appear as if it's the whole picture. This gloomy and commercially driven image gives us a significantly skewed perception of the world we live in. To test your own beliefs, I'd like you to answer the question. In the last 20 years, has global poverty A. doubled, B. remained the same, or C. fallen by half? The answer is that it's fallen by half. If you got this answer correct you'd be amongst the only 7% of the thousands of people who took this survey who optimistically said the same. The remaining 93% believed that it had either remained the same or doubled. This statistic highlights a kind of ignorance that comes not from being uninformed, but from being ill-informed. This is because if people were uninformed, they would have no knowledge about global poverty, and their answers would have simply been guesswork. In this case, you could expect that a significantly higher percentage would have selected the correct answer. However, it's through being educated incorrectly on this issue that's led so many people to dismiss the idea that things may have improved. We're exposed to so much bad news in our modern media diet, we would not be fools to believe that the world is in a state of decline. Now would be a good time to highlight that the world has actually been moving in the opposite direction to that which the headlines would have you believe. Not only are people, globally speaking, more prosperous than in generations past, we have better health, better technology, better sanitation, less child mortality, higher IQs, fewer homicides, and fewer wars than in any other period in history. The only type of violence that appears to be growing is terrorism. And even this threat, while tragic, aggressive and real, is still enormously overestimated. The average European is seven times more likely to die from falling down the stairs than being killed from a terrorist attack. Stories of progress, however, do not list highly on the news agenda. 
so we hear about them much less often than stories of failure. This imbalanced reporting gives us an imbalanced understanding of the world, leading us to pessimistically perceive it to be worse than it actually is. And this pessimism has consequences that extend into the political arena, where leaders may prey on our fear of decline and promise a restoration of the good old days. This was demonstrated recently with the election of President Trump. An enormous 81% of his supporters believe that life has grown worse in the last 50 years. Whereas if we look at the evidence, rather than the news, we can see that Americans today have a comparative advantage with higher incomes, lower infant mortality, higher life expectancy, and more college degrees than their predecessors. I've spoken to many people over the years about the consequences of the news and the distorted and potentially damaging thought process that the negativity bias creates in us. I'm always amazed by how many people verge on offence when I suggest that the media is too negative and that we would benefit from having more solutions-focused stories in the news. The resistance is in relation to what they perceive it to be, and it isn't good. This is because the negativity bias is so well established as the norm. Negativity was not always at the heart of what the news was supposed to be. There is no precise definition of the news, however there seems to be a common offering among the available descriptions. News is considered to be the publishing of new and notable information through public broadcasts with the purpose of engaging and informing citizens in a way that empowers them to be able to act on the information presented. The American Press Institute embraces this by defining the ultimate role of the news to empower the informed. There is nothing in either definition that requires negativity to prevail. But the reality is that these news ideals are not always met. With sensationalized stories, misleading headlines, and inflammatory content, much of today's news actually disempowers the uninformed. To understand this better, we must burrow into the field of psychology to learn about how the news alters our perception of the world and our subsequent beliefs about it. I'd like to thank Jody for sharing her book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!